The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Breaking news. This just in. Reports flooding throughout at the moment. Details are sketchy. Stunning allegations of impropriety towards our president. Just out of investigations over Russian meddling in the 2016 elections. He is now being credibly accused of some serious wrongdoing. Credibly accused. This is from Newsweek. Donald Trump stole pancakes and forgot a relative was dead while visiting family, cousin claims. I'm Adrian Slade. That's an actual Newsweek article. I mean, come on. (laughs) A relative of President Donald Trump has accused the self-proclaimed billionaire of being a pancake thief. Having stolen a handful of flat pancakes while on vacation at his late mother's funeral or former home in Scotland. A distant cousin of the president, Alice McKay, related to Trump through his mother's family, the McLeods, said the commander in chief is an unpleasant man who has never used any of his wealth to help his mother's local community. Is that really a news story? Actual news story, Newsweek, this just in. Trump didn't Lego of my ego. Uh-oh, this just in. President Donald Trump just took the police on a wild car ride, fled into a Denny's, and he has taken a few plates of moons over Miami hostage. Film at 11. This is what the news media has become. I mean, <laughs> you know the news media is full of crap. You know that they have a history of being biased, and providing clickbait and providing garbage takes and and giving you things like, well, you know, the history of America didn't happen uh, in 1776. It happened in 1619 when the slave ships came. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Stop that. Stop. Okay? And it's the same thing that they're doing with Judge Kavanaugh. Now, I'm not going to get deep into the weeds on this because everybody has, but apparently a book came out, and it was delving into the allegations made by uh, what's her name, Ramirez and uh, Christy Blase Ford and all those people who apparently Kavanaugh was running train on at frat parties back in Yale, what have you. So there were seven people that decided they were going to pipe up and talk to us about what really happened with the Kavanaugh incident. And, you know, it gets into uh, Ramirez's mother This is from the Washington Examiner, based on her account on four very unspecific words from her daughter 35 years ago. Number two, who is uh, Oplod, I guess his name is, uh, let's see, the Oplod guy, Kenneth Oplod. He was a suitmate of Kavanaugh's at Yale's, who is now the James Hastings Nicholas Professor's Reformation History uh, Professor at Princeton Theological Cemetery. (laughs) So... He's uh, gotten into this whole thing, but apparently Ramirez's mother and him, based on their accounts of their memory of being told that something by a witness who could not recall the incident, basically at a party, and they were kind of kind of wasted. He took out his 
his little schlong, and somebody grabbed it and shoved it into this lady. Which right there should be enough to say, no, that didn't happen. And what's really amazing is when you hear that (laughs) what they did from this incident. So the New York Times puts it out that this chick who doesn't even remember what happened, that this incident happened, and then when people started looking into it and found out that they edited out the fact that the accuser can't even recall that this happened, they deleted the tweet, but that's not before ABC and NBC and NPR and everybody else runs with it, so then it becomes gospel. And that's where we go from here. You know, that's, that's how all this works. Tim Carney had good explanation on this, said the Times news reporters had filed, in effect, a prosecutor's brief that omitted known exculpatory evidence. The exclusion of known exculpatory evidence, such as the victim's denial, is considered to be misconduct when a prosecutor does it. News outlets always make errors, but regarding Kavanaugh, the errors and the lapses in journalistic standards by the networks and the Times always, without fail, seem to lean in one direction. It's almost hard to believe the Times published an article on the front page of its Sunday review section accusing a man of possible sexual assault, yet omitted the fact known to the reporters that the alleged victim had no recollection of the incident. So the news media doing a hack job again on Kavanaugh. Now, if you want to take Kavanaugh out, feel free, because apparently, what's her name? Uh, Presley. She's one of the squad. Ayanna Presley, I think her, her name is. She's introducing a resolution to call for Kavanaugh to be impeached. So the squad will basically reelect Donald Trump because go ahead and, and impeach him. All they're going to do is give Trump an opportunity to replace Kavanaugh with Amy Coney Barrett. And you're going to piss off enough people to vote Trump in 2020 all by your own stupidity. But that's the way the news media operates. That's, and the news media is right in line with this. CNN has a headline that says, How to Impeach a Supreme Court Justice, with his face sitting right there on the front. Kavanaugh. The real bombshell to all this is that they all lied. The entire fake news industrial complex took it as gospel. They bullhorned it everywhere, on every outlet, every platform, and then threw around nonsensical terms like, credibly accused and what's really interesting is the fact that the reporters who wrote the book or who wrote the story they're now trying to say well it wasn't us that edited it out we didn't leave out this information we knew all about this information well who did it then um apparently and this was on Lawrence O'Donnell's show Robin Pergian and Kate Kelly they claim that you know That information about Kavanaugh, about the accuser not remembering the incident, was edited out by the New York Times. Listen to this. Draft of the article, did it include those words that have since been added to the article? It did. It It did. did. So somewhere in the editing process, those words were Yeah, I mean, I think what happened actually was um, that, you know, we had her name. And, and, you know, the Times doesn't usually include the name of the victim. And so I think in this case, the editors felt like maybe it was probably better to remove it. And in removing her name, um, they removed the other reference to the fact that she didn't remember it. Okay, so the way in your draft for the Times, you used basically the exact words that are in the book that I deliberately left off the name because that passage began 
begins with the name. Yes. And so in their removal of the name, they ended up removing the whole what follows it. Yes. And I, I mean, so I think it was just sort of an editing, you know, done in the haste, of, uh, in the editing process, as you know, for were closing you, the section. Were you involved in the decision to amend this and do the correction on, or the addition online to the piece? We discussed it. Yeah. I mean, we think we felt like this, there was so much heat. You know, there's so much, everyone has been kind of seizing on various aspects of this that we certainly didn't want this to be an issue anymore. And we certainly never intended to mislead in any way. We wanted to give as full a story as possible. Wow. So in editing out the name, they accidentally edit out the entire qualifying passage of, of her evidence. Seems a bit overzealous with the editorial process, don't you think? It's, it's unbelievable. This is the fake news media. This is what happens. This is what they're doing in all aspects of media with anything related to not only the GOP, but Trump. And I don't I don't look at this as going, well, they're doing this because of Trump. No, they're they're doing this. If it was Rubio, if it was President Cruz, whoever the case may be, whoever was president on the GOP side. Yeah, this was the treatment coming to them. When is justice going to be equally applied? Is that ever going to happen? I mean, we're getting the illustration of bias and fake news on CNN going, how to impeach a Supreme Court justice. Well, let me give you the steps. <laughs> he didn't do anything wrong. He's not a sexually uh, uh, depraved individual. <laughs> I mean, and then there's even more to it when you find out. Now, you know, this is from Vince uh, Cognazzi. I think that's what his, his name is from uh, the Daily Caller writer. <laughs> New New York Times suggests unnamed woman and her Kavanaugh expert may have been too drunk to remember Kavanaugh's penis being pushed into her hand. Yeah, you know, back in the day, I was too wasted to remember I was making out with Kate Upton. Yeah, that didn't happen. And neither did this, this junk in the trunk pushed up on the, on the bunk of the leg. None of that happened. This is fake news. The firefighters that were sent in to fight the fires and, and fight the Trump administration because he keeps calling us the enemy of the people. You are the enemy of the people. If you're going to keep doing things like this, you are effectively waging war against the people. So uh, you've kind of got to own that title at this point. But, you know, it, it gets even crazier when you find out this is from John Ziegler. The New York Times hit piece on Brett Kavanaugh wasn't a bombshell. It was a temper tantrum. And he basically gets into the fact that when you look deep into it, you find out one of the individuals, Max Steyer, this is from his piece in Mediate, the second Yale allegation comes in the form of a male witness, Max Steyer, who some 35 years later told investigators during Kavanaugh's confirmation hearings that he saw the nominee put his genitals in the face of a woman on campus. There's massive problems with this allegation, however, and how the Times allowed their biased reporters to frame it. First, according to the reporter's own book, the alleged victim has no memory of the Kavanaugh incident. And yet their article does not make it clear at all that that was the case. Right there, especially since the information is not new, um, this accusation should have never been turned into a Times story. But gets even better. Steyer is hilariously described as a thought leader who works for DC's nonprofit, the liberal media activist on Twitter, including Ronan Farrell and Jane Mayer, 
who first dubiously reported on the Ramirez episode after Christine Ford alleged uh, allegation became public, gushed all over him as someone whose reputation makes him a stellar witness, except when they and the Times piece didn't tell you that Steyer worked on Bill Clinton's defense team during his impeachment while Brett Kavanaugh was a major player in Ken Starr's opposing forces. This important fact, inexplicably left out by the Times story, but interestingly placed at the end of this 2018 article in the Yale paper, which portrays a very different climate surrounding Kavanaugh at the time, goes way beyond the obvious problems with Steyer's possible political motivation here. Think about it this way. What are the chances that during the Clinton-Lewinsky saga, Steyer could possibly be working against a man that he witnessed doing the exact same thing the president he was defending was accused of by Paula Jones and him not at least mention it to every single one of his coworkers, even if for some reason he didn't want to leak it to the press at the time? I would submit that there's even less possibility of that happening than there is of President Trump ever admitting that he has committed some form of sexual assault. So that is from John Ziegler in Mediate, basically saying, you know, around that time, if there was fresh allegations, because that was back in the 90s, that Kavanaugh was running rape trains and pushing his junk up, up on women when he was wasted, that if he was on the opposition up against the Monica Lewinsky Clinton incident, the investigations by Ken Starr, wouldn't they bring that up to discredit the, the people looking into the allegations? I, I would think so. So the news media continuing to lie, continuing to play uh, activist. And it's never in our direction. They never do it in the GOP direction. It's always in the opposite direction. They do all of this without looking into the fact that we actually had Iran drone strike Saudi Arabian oil fields. And the Pentagon has confirmed it was Iran. They tried to say it was in Yemen. The Houthis, who have been fighting a proxy war with Saudi Arabia, well, guess what? They are funded and they are operated by Hamas and Hezbollah, which are from Iran. So basically, Iran is fighting the Houthis. But now it's been confirmed because people said, well, maybe it was Yemen that, that drone striked it. Yemen can't even put up a freaking paper airplane with a bomb on it. But Iran can. And it's been confirmed that that happened, causing oil prices to shoot up 20% because 5% of Saudi Arabia's oil production uh, was taken out. So we're, we're sitting back here talking about Donald Trump stealing pancakes and Brett Kavanaugh being a rapist when he's not, all while the economies across the world are being impacted by a regime, Shiite Islamist fundamentalist regime dropping bombs on Saudi oil reserves. I think we kind of need to refocus where our reporting is, uh, you know, focused on sponsor for this portion of the program is patriot mobile look you give your money for cell phone service you give your money to different businesses out there and what do they do they turn around and use it for different progressive ideas and progressive causes and put money behind things like planned parenthood and and anti second amendment rights organizations well patriot mobile is an option for you as far as cell phone service, that you can pay in to a great service and at the same time support causes that you would want to support, like the National Rifle Association. 
you know, going against Planned Parenthood. All you have to do is call 1-877-367-7524. You keep your, keep your phone number. You bring your own phone or you can buy a new one. Patriot Mobile is America's only conservative cell phone company. It's reliable, has nationwide service, no hidden fees. They donate a portion of their profits to organizations fighting for the First and Second Amendments, family values, small government, and pro-life organizations. You've got the Moto Z3 Play. $5 a month, limited time only if you use the promo code 5 when you call one 367 7524 or visit patriotmobile.com. You can use your cell phone every day. Patriot Mobile provides the opportunity for you to use your cell phone to make a change. You know, Big Mobile, like we said, supports values that you don't believe in, like Planned Parenthood, abortion, open borders, liberal candidates. Make the switch to patriotmobile.com and support your values. Be sure to call 877-367-7524. That's 877-367-7524. So the New York Times writers decided to take to The View, and they want to talk about how people pounced on their story because, you know, they were so enthralled by it, they jumped to conclusions. What do you think they're going to do when you provide them with fraudulent BS against a political opponent that you can't stand do you think they're gonna step up and try to utilize it and then i think she was also referencing the pouncing by the republican side of the aisle but these two morons these two bimbos went on the view to discuss all of this lost in all of this discussion is that what we try to do is kind of what we always do as reporters which is seek the facts and put them out there and let people come to their own conclusions and what we've seen, and I don't think we even anticipated to this degree, is that people have seized on certain things mm-hmm. and magnified them for their own purposes. Um, you know, frankly, you know, it's fine to have a, a series of Democratic candidates calling for impeachment, but that was before the book came out, which is today. Um, and lost in all of this discussion is that... Yeah, they're just pouncing and seizing and doing whatever. They're always seizing and pouncing. What was funny was... She actually, um, what's her name, uh, Robin, whatever. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's New York Times. We shouldn't even think of these people as actual journalists. She told The View, we thought we had uh, read the final draft of their story about Kavanaugh. As soon as we realized this, we corrected it, and then they wrote an editor's note. She adds that Kav- Kavanaugh's confirmation was used for political purposes, and it's being used again. Yeah, really? You don't say. The interesting part of... All of this was the New York Times' lack of self-awareness. They had a story. (laughs) Kid you not, this is a headline. There is four bathroom stalls. Three of them are occupied. Looks like uh, ladies' rooms. Um, One, a lady's sitting down, shoes kicked off. She's squeezing out a deuce. One of them's standing up to pee, so I'm guessing this individual is a trans, uh, you know, he, she, something. I don't know. The other stall's really weird because there's multiple legs in that stall. Something's going on over there. I don't know what it is, but it sure doesn't look good. Of course, the other one's empty. But the New York Times, this is the headline. Women poop at work. Get over it. (laughs) I'm serious. To which somebody said, these two women who wrote the Kavanaugh story have been known to drop a deuce at work. And I've responded with, not only at work, but dropping deuces on work. 
One of my favorite uh, followers, Stephen Miller at Red Steez, he said, of course women took a crap at work, New York Times. Look at, <laughs> look at what two of them did to your newsroom just this last weekend. So the New York Times, having zero lack of uh, self-awareness, uh, decides to put out more garbage stories. We really need to quit thinking of them as legitimate. We just really need to write them off and assume 90% of what they're pumping out, like the 1619 slave founding of America story, and the Washington Post put that in your quiver as uh, a, a lacking in credibility news uh, outlet. These are the ones that you need to just automatically go, you know, when you pass off the Federalist, which is a good outlet, the Daily Caller, which has really come around, even Breitbart has stepped back up to the plate now that Bannon's been gone and they've weeded out the Milos and all that. You need to look at them and go, really? New York Times? This is a horrible source. Sponsor for this portion of the program is Combat Flip-Flops. Bad for running, worse for fighting. Combat Flip-Flops is a veteran-owned company that funds education and demining. Everything Combat Flip-Flops manufactures is made in an area of conflict or post-conflict, like Afghanistan, Colombia, Laos. And you can check out more about Combat Flip-Flops by checking out the TED Talk by Combat Flip-Flops CEO Matt Griffin on YouTube. You can also use the promo code SLADE25 and you will get 25% off of your first purchase. Go to CombatFlipFlops.com. That's CombatFlipFlops.com. Speaking of news items that the news media is going to ignore, because, you know, if Democrat corruption falls in the woods and the journalists aren't there to report it, I guess it never happened. Well, they haven't really been reporting much on Ilhan Omar, or shall I say Ilham Elmi. That's her real name, Ilhan Elmi. She, you know, there's been reports about her marrying her brother. And we found out how some of that might be true through workarounds by following uh, Ilhan's sister, Layla uh, Elmi. Layla Elmi and Ilhan Omar are siblings with a father named Nir Saeed Elmi. So Layla Elmi and, uh, you know, she, she tweeted out something about Ilhan Omar's kids as her nieces in an Instagram post, and people were able to link up the lineage of Layla Elmi's father, who is uh, Nur Saeed Elmi, and Leila, or Layla Elmi to Ilhan Omar, because apparently what has happened is Ilhan, the, the Omars and the Elmis got together when they were coming in from a refugee camp and they were going to be dispersed somewhere in the West, whether it be the UK or the United States. Well, the Omars were being taken into the United States, the Elmis into Britain. And Ilhan Omar switched her name so that she became one of the Omars to be brought over after, oddly enough, Clinton and them started battling in Somalia back in the 90s. So over time, she marries... Uh, I think his name is uh, Ahmed uh, Hirsi, I think his name is. So she has a Muslim faith marriage with this guy, has a couple kids. Oh, they separate. And then she has a Christian marriage with um, Ahmed Elmi, Ahmed Nir Saeed Elmi. So then they go to college. They end up separating. And then she goes back with Hirsi under another faith, a Muslim faith marriage again. And so a lot of people have been speculating that she has committed all types of fraud, college fraud by 
marrying her brother so her brother can get a visa, so her brother can come to the United States and then go to college. So she has also committed tax fraud by married filing jointly with others that she shouldn't have been filing with because they weren't technically married. Um, Campaign finance fraud where she was paying her lawyers to fix all of that from her campaign money. And so she got busted the other day because people noticed she was digging through her social media and she had a tweet that said, Happy Father's Day to my Abu Nar Saeed. I am forever grateful to Allah for giving me the best father. And it goes on because it was actually brought from her, her Twitter account. So this is the same individual who says that she didn't marry her father, but now she's out there talking about how that's not really what it meant. Yeah, I didn't really, you know, that's not his real name. His actual name is something else. Um, This is her statement. Representative Omar and her family are subject to constant threats when people write vile things on posts about people she loves, including posting disturbing doctored images of her father. She takes them down. Nur Saeed, which is her father's name, means happy light. And it's been her dad's nickname since she was a kid. Does anyone believe this? Happy light is the nickname? That's like Isaac. Isaac means he who laughs or, or laughter. No one's going up to somebody named Isaac and saying, hey, what's up, laughter? So she could have went with uh, Nur Big Dog Saeed, maybe Nur Chicken Wing Saeed, maybe Nur Corn Pop Saeed, but apparently she calls him Happy Light. And the fact that it's coming out that Ilhan Omar has a direct link now through her social media posts to her father, which we can trace her father to the father's son who was married to Ilhan Omar. Something has to be investigated with all this. The fact that we're not even looking into this, the fact that she has committed tons of fraud and she's a representative who is connected to care, connected to the Muslim Brotherhood, connected to the Holy Foundation, which is connected to Hamas and Hezbollah. That all needs to be brought up and something needs to be looked into because there's a lot of insidious behavior going behind the scenes. Back in a second. This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. If there was any question that environmentalism is a cult, is a religion, I think it can be uh, answered now. You know, there's a difference between conservationism which conservatives really rely or, you know, fall on, or there's a difference between environmentalism. You know, conservationism, leave the environment better than you found it. You know, we pick up our trash, be a good steward to animals. That's different. That's just being a steward of the planet. And in fact, for Christians, the Bible kind of, you know, states we should. But environmentalism is this cult where if you don't follow the guidelines of what they lay out to fix the planet, to keep it from going up one degree in temperature, which is supposed to cause, you know, islands to flood and ice caps to melt and everything down the line. Well, what happens? There is no afterlife to these people because they don't believe in a higher power. They don't believe in a creator. So when you die, you're dead. And if the planet goes, well, we can't have that. So there was a lot of things going on in the news because they always, they always hit you with a barrage of climate alarmism. <laughs> I mean, 
There's even there's even a story that NBC put out that is completely silly, but it also kind of sums up everything that we were talking about. Listen to this headline. Blast the AC? Cook a steak once a week. Where do you fall short in preventing climate change? Tell us with climate confessions. I kid you not. Climate confessions. Basically, they have examples. And, and the examples are pretty ridiculous if you really look at it. This is from the NBC News article. Even those who care deeply about the planet's future can slip up now and then. Tell us, where do you fall short in preventing climate change? Do you blast the AC? Throw out half your lunch? Grill a steak every week? Share your anonymous confessions with NBC. That's very nice. They even have submit your confession. Click or tap a category where you fall short in preventing climate change. Plastics, meat, travel, AC. I mean, it's, it's like going, Mother Earth, I'm sorry. I must confess. Please forgive me. I cheated on my wife. I did blow off of a hooker's ass using a plastic straw. I feel so ashamed about my impact on the climate. I mean, this is utterly ridiculous, but it doesn't stop there. Oh, no. Union Seminary where faith and scholarship meet to reimage re the work of justice. Today in chapel, this is from their actual page. Today in chapel, we confess to plants. Together, we held our grief, joy, regret, hope, guilt, and sorrow in prayer, offering them to the beings who sustain us, but whose gift we too often fail to honor. What do you confess to the plants in your life? I don't know, Lorax. Do you speak for the trees? Apparently you do. <laughs> so yeah, this is actually even taken a terrifying turn because we've been constantly told we've got 10 years left, the planet's going to die, and we're even told by those who are hypocrites to the cause. You know, they're, they're telling us, oh, if you use these, if you use too much emissions or, you know, if we don't act now, the planet's going to die. AOC's down there in Florida, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talking about how there may not be a Miami in 10 years. The, the sea levels are going to rise. We're being told this by people like Barack Obama, who bought a $14 million mansion on an island right on the beach of that island. So obviously he's not too concerned about what's going to happen in 10 years. And then they have this big climate summit that they all take yachts and fly private jets to. So, you know, this is utter BS. But because they hit you in the news media all the time with this, we have a new anxiety. Eco-anxiety. Psychologists report a tsunami of children turning to doctors, therapists, and teachers to help calm their worries of impending doom with some prescribed psychiatric drugs. It's an actual news story. These people are so afraid of what's going to happen to the environment that they might die at, at a young age that they're having to go to therapist. Now, whose fault is that? I don't know. Could be the media. Could be the politicians. This is from a special message from MSN. Now is the time to take urgent action to protect our planet. We are committed to stopping the devastating effects of the climate crisis on people and nature by supporting friends of the earth. And you can click there. Now that's not even, that's at the top of the article. This is the article. 
parents are being warned not to terrify their children with doomsday climate change warnings amid a surge of young people seeking treatment for eco-anxiety. Apocalyptic forecast of climate catastrophe by activists such as Extinction Rebellion and Greta Thunberg. Let's talk about Greta Thunberg. Well, let's finish this up. They're being uh, relayed by parents in terms not age-appropriate, experts say. As a result, they are triggering mental health problems among youngsters. Really, you don't say. Well, Greta Thunberg, has, she's this 16-year-old female from Sweden. She's on the autism spectrum. She has Asperger's, which is more of a socially awkward kind of uh, disorder. Um, she is the new climate czar. She is the David Hogg of climate change. She is being brought out as an activist, and she has been, she's been in front of uh, the U.N., She's gotten awards from Amnesty International, and she's always doing these talks. Well, recently, she decided she wanted to come to America to talk to us and tell us how we're destroying the planet. Never mind India and China are polluting the crap out of the place. They don't even sign on to the accords. They're given exemptions, and they're walking around with SARS masks, you know, big old respiratory mask in a, in a fog they can never see through. That's okay. China's okay. They're allowed to destroy the planet. We have to really ramp up our, our stewardship by getting rid of plastic straws. So she decides she's going to get on a sailboat and sail over to America. And then they had to fly in the, the, the boat captains to take it back. So if they had just flown her and her entourage over, because she has an activist entourage that follows her around. She's funded by activist groups. Her parents are, one of her parents are, is a big opera singer, in Sweden, so she gets she gets to sail the ocean blue, come over here and lecture us, and then she has her captains, boat captains, flown in to take the sailboat back. So she comes to speak before Congress, and in doing so, she stops by and talks to Barack Obama. He puts out, just 16, Greta Thunberg is already one of our planet's greatest advocates, recognizing that her generation will bear the brunt of climate change. She's unafraid to push for real action she embodies our vision at the Obama Foundation, a future shaped by young leaders like her. Again, you have a $14 million mansion you just bought on Martha's Vineyard in Island, and you're right on the beach. You're going to be in the target. You're going to be the first to go. So she's a 16-year-old child human shield with Asperger's, who is the daughter of an opera singer. She's going to lecture us on climate change as if she has more scientific clout than even freaking Bill Nye, who's not even a scientist after sailing the Atlantic and having boat captains flown in to sail it back. Up next in front of Congress, David Hogg gives testimony, calls on lawmakers, uh, lawmakers to ban guns, and later in the broadcast, Desmond the Drag Kid's going to read Dr. Seuss's Green Eggs and Ham to lawmakers while they're on recess. That's as ridiculous as this whole thing is. And so she is a part of this movement to walk out of class. They're going to walk out of class every Friday at school until... Lawmakers do something. Activism works. See you on the streets. Greta Thunberg and the Fridays for the Future School Climate Strike Movement have laid down the challenge to this world. It's important to realize that all nonviolent movements start with the youth and we are going to continue striking every single Friday until we see action. 
So what I'm telling you to do now is to act. I am a child. I should not have to be on this stage. There should not be such a thing as a youth climate activist because it was not our responsibility. So yeah, just walk out of class, miss school, and we're going to stand up to do something. See, and you're talking about eco-anxiety. You've got kids walking out of school. And yet again, we find that there's no correlation between <laughs> emissions and a rise in temperature. They've been talking about this since the 70s, the 1970s. They talked about an ice age that was coming when I was in school. They talked about acid rain that never happened. They talked about the hole in the ozone because of all the hair metal bands spraying their Aquanet around. That didn't happen. And then in 1989, they're talking about, well, we only have, you know, 10, 10 years left, 20 years left. Then we get to 2019. They're still saying the same exact thing. Until you show me some actual proof Ice glaciers are growing? I mean, there's, there's so much contradictory news items that blow holes in these climate change alarmists and the fact that the UN intergovernmental climate models have all been shown to be doctored. The data changed. It was hacked emails. Climate gate, go look that up, that showed... Everything they're talking about is BS. This is about control. This is about minimizing the power of the United States to put us on a playing field with other nations to make us a global union under the UN. And if you think I'm lying about that, go take a look at Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. That's why it falls on a round number. Oh, we only have 10 years left. Well, what would that get us? That would get 2029, just ready for 2030. Look at that. The world will be saved on a round number. I don't buy any of it. All right, so as I'm sitting here blasting my AC, thinking about how I'm going to blast my AC and my SUV while letting it idle on the front lawn and grilling steaks on the engine block, following up with a grand finale of discharging cases of Aquanet hairspray into the air as if it's like an invisible spray confetti because, you know, screw you, NBC. I've decided to bring on the program Michael from conservativelibrary.com. What's going on, Michael? Adrian, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. I have a new hobby now. I am raising excessively flatulent cows. <laughs> good. We need to help, you know, AOC's uh, Green New Deal. Yes, yes. Um, in fact, I'm going to buy a private jet, just like Al Gore. I'm going to be driven around in SUVs, just like Al Gore. I'm going to have a whole bunch of houses, just like Al Gore. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm just doing all the things that Al Gore would want me to do. I tell you, and you know what? You, my kids are going to be in ecotherapy class here soon because of the anxiety of all that. So, well, I'm going to tell you how bad it is. Okay. A man was sitting in his um, London house in the backyard, right, sunbathing. Uh huh. So, a body falls out of the sky, three feet away from him. So it seems as though someone was so unhappy with the airlines that they jumped from a jet coming from Kenya to um, Heathrow Airport. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, in actuality, that did happen. So what happened is a Kenyan guy was hiding up in the uh, landing gear section. Oh, and really? When, yeah. So the plane is about 10 miles away from the airport. Uh, landing gear comes down. And when that happens... 
He falls, falls all the way to the ground, lands three feet away from some dude sunbathing. So he, there was nothing left. He pre, he pre, he prematurely ejected. Yeah, yes. <laughs> basically. At yes, least wait the ten minutes ejected. until you hit the tarmac. But you know, there um there was yeah half on the concrete, half on the dirt. It said it left a crater in the dirt. Wow. I don't see. Yeah, um, the guy is very lucky he didn't. The guy sunbathing is very lucky that you know that three feet because that would have killed him for sure. Oh heck yeah. The neighbor comes over, and this is only in Britain now. Neighbor comes over, and he says at first he thought it was a homeless man. <laughs> and then he had a closer look and saw there was blood all over the walls of the garden of his neighbor. And then he says his head was not in a good way. Not in a good way. Not in a good way. <laughs> that's, a, that's such a British thing to do, to say, yeah, his head was not in a good way. Yes, just, just you know, at least he was prim and proper. <laughs> But there's a lot of craziness going around, man. Um, and Australia seems to have something to do with it because, okay, so a, an Australian guy, a reporter, goes to the UK. All right. He gets a he gets two beers and then he leaves and you know goes back home, right, to his apartment or to his hotel. His wife contacts him. It turns out that those two beers they charge him a hundred thousand pounds. Wow, what kind of beer is that? It's like a Dom Perignon beer. <laughs> really good beer. So apparently instead of 5.5 pounds, they charge him 55,000 pounds. Oh, man. You know what's really crazy about that is if you accidentally get charged that, um, there's going to be a hold on your account at least for a couple of days. You're, nine days. Yeah, you're not going to get that back for a while. Yeah, nine days to get his money back, a $2,500 fee. Um, that's $68,000, by the way. Wow. And the bank, get this, his bank didn't even notify him of a suspicious transaction. <laughs> yeah, I would say if you're going to a bar and spending, you know, I don't know what the equivalent is in the United States. It's always that, like kilograms versus uh, pounds and, you know, all that garbage. The metric versus, uh, you know, standard. Yeah, we're all going to be using the metric system by the end of the 70s, remember? Yeah, yeah that's right. Lincoln Chafee was running on that platform. Wouldn't we long for the days of a Democrat candidate? who didn't want to take away Second Amendment rights, First Amendment rights, Fifth Amendment rights, Fourth Amendment rights, that all he wanted to do was implement the metric system. I would go for that. Get rid of Beto, get rid of, uh, or Beto, get rid of uh, all of the, Buttigieg and, and Bernie Sanders, yep. and bring on Lincoln Chafee, and let's have a, a Trump debate him. over the metric yes. system. Yes. I, he'd, he'd probably get my vote if, if that's how <laughs> radical he is. Yeah, he'd get mine. <laughs> Well, I can tell you what, um, in the UK, over the last year, there's been a 50% drop in the number of parents naming their kids Alexa. <laughs> Wonder why that is. <laughs> I don't know, but, you know, I, I can't figure it out. I've been wondering all day, hey, Alexa, why did kids stop naming their kids Alexa? <laughs> you know, it's almost like, well, they, they started naming them Siri, and then they stopped that trend, too, so I don't know. <laughs> Oh, speaking of, um, so we've got UK and we've got Australia all over the place. A guy, a really, really smart guy, he's probably a Democrat, was driving his van in Australia and he crashed into a parked police car. <laughs> well, that wasn't enough. And it turns out that he had 600 pounds of meth worth 140 million bucks in his van. Oh, wow. Yes, easy catch for the cops. Yeah, I would say so. I'm thinking there was probably like some Cheetos on the dashboard of the cop car or something that attracted him. 
I don't could know. Be, could be. Oh, I have some bad news. Okay, give it to me. God has been arrested. God? God has been arrested, yes. So a Delta flight from Puerto Rico to New York was on its way, and a man claimed to be God and that he was going to save the world started going ballistic in the airplane. So it so wasn't it wasn't Jesus, but hey, Zeus. No, no, it was God. It was God, okay. It was God. It was God. <laughs> the Almighty yes. has been arrested. And he's pretty humble because apparently he was flying in coach. Yeah, I would think God would at least, you know, exert a little bit of his power and get get the upgrade. I don't know, get the, you know, the cocktails and not sitting I'm back saying, there with the peanuts and the soda. It sounds like God is not a believer of um, climate change. Yeah, I don't think he is. You know, he should have yeah. taken the light rail. Oh, um, back to Australia. So there was a cattle breeding laboratory that caught on fire, and it turns out that there was a bunch of 100 cryogenic cylinders full of bull semen, and they exploded. <laughs> bull semen everywhere. <laughs> Bulls, oh, my God. It was a huge blow for the people saving that scene. <laughs> I love what David Burge had to say about this. He's at Iowa Hawk blog. He said, just as the mysterious gypsy woman foretold, and then he followed up and said, be right back, writing my new blockbuster disaster movie, Splooging Inferno. I knew Australia had a thousand ways to kill you, but this is one that's news to me. Everything's going to kill you in Australia. Oh, yeah. If the snakes don't get you, it's the bull semen. That, that's right. Um, it'll, it's blowing all over the place, it's apparently, out there. Irritable bull semen syndrome, I guess. Okay, so... We also had a couple odd things. Now, I'm not sure which is crazier. So in Florida, a couple were riding their bikes, and they were drunk. So they got stopped for riding their bikes while drunk. And you and said Florida, so we know it's going to be good. Yes. Well, they were put in the back of the patrol car, right? So they're sitting there. And they go ahead and take off their clothes and start having sex in the back of the patrol car. Wow, that's pretty for, brazen. You know... It, obviously, they were really drunk and, and really horny, or both. So <laughs> the cop, for some reason, didn't like that. So he goes over, opens the door, and pulls the guy out. Right? I, I think that's frowned upon. They, they frown upon doing the nasty in the back of the squad car, from what I hear. I, news to me. <laughs> so when the guy gets out because the cop pulls him out of the back seat, he pushes the cop to the ground and runs away naked. <laughs> not like you're not going to spot that guy. No, no. He's more like uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost, rolling through the rolling through the fields. Somehow they found him later, but I don't know what gave him away. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> you know, that kind of running, he probably had buns of steel. <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> running, biking, you know, the guy's obviously in good condition. Yeah, he's worried so, about, you know, being physically fit. Then if we go over to Barcelona Airport, we have competing story where a lone guy from Colombia was arrested at the airport. Oh. Now, the reason they arrested him is it seems that his toupee was two and a half inches off the top of his head because between his toupee and the top of his head was a half kilo of cocaine. <laughs> now, why don't you just do as they do in Barcelona or everywhere else in a uh, police uh, check-in for, you know, the flight, the TSA and all that what, security check-in? Why don't you just... You know, put it up the rectum, you know, or or do like the like these people that you see getting busted coming across 
from uh, Brazil and what have you. They put it in their shoes. I, put it under the toupee seems kind of like the most obvious way to get busted. Well, especially when your toupee is is not even on your head anymore because there's a bunch of cocaine <laughs> exactly. lifting it up. You know, it might. You know why he did that? Why is he that? didn't want his toupee to get wet when the polar ice caps melt. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, Greta Thunberg came floating across the seas on her little sailboat to tell us, "Hey, look, even if you're gonna, um, you know, brave the ten years of crisis that we're about to embrace." Um, make sure that your toupee doesn't get wet. Put the cocaine under it. Now, when she came sailing across, because, you know, that one girl shouldn't, you know, fly in an airplane because that's not environmentally friendly. Didn't she then fly uh, an entire crew? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We talked about that earlier. The, the boat captains were flown so that they could return the boat. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly. the smart thing. Exactly. Yes. Because it's, you know, if I'm going to battle climate change in front of Capitol Hill, I'm not going to bring scientists up with me. No, I'm going to bring a girl with Asperger's, a 16-year-old with Asperger's, and a lot of aspirations and just let yes. her spout off. Yes. 16-year-old um, human shield. That's the what parents who are doing that to her need to have their license of being a human revoked. <laughs> no kidding. Well, it's from Sweden. You know, I mean, they brought us Ikea. And if you go eat in Ikea, you can either get the vegetable meatballs or um, you can also get the soda that has to be in a glass, can't be in a plastic or styrofoam cup, and you're not going to get a straw. So I don't know. I would think resources are being used quite a bit to wash all those glasses. But, you know, what am I? And what am I to say about all that? I mean... You know, what? who among us has ever done that? Well, since you've used profanity like um, plastic straws, which <laughs> yeah. hurt my ears, um, I just read that Trump said he's going to start um, hitting uh, San Francisco with some EPA violations. I, I heard something about that, too. Now, I know the California emissions regulations, I'm not really for Trump's handling of that because I believe in federalism. Let California screw themselves. But... Mm -hmm. So, so what is he doing on this? we got about a minute and a half, but what is he doing on this? I don't know any details, and, you know, Trump being Trump hasn't given any details other than a tweet. I think sometimes he just throws this out to hit people with stuff and then just walks away from it. I mean, I don't see I anything. I think a lot of it is just to, to um, irk them, yeah, because troll them. I haven't seen anything, any movement on half of the things that he's thrown out there quite yet. No. Like, not even, not even an attempt to go, well, we'll do this down the road. It just kind of dissipates. Yeah. Um, I'm not happy with his vaping thing. Neither I hope I. that goes away. Again, that's, a, that's an encroachment on private industry. Yep. These kind of things are why I wanted a conservative that's rooted in the Constitution like Ted Cruz. But, you know, we are getting more things than we He's would have with the Mitt Romney. Things. We, you know, we, we praise him when he does right, and we call him out when he does wrong. That's right. So now, Mike, where can we find you online? You can find me at Hugh underscore Manatee, M-A-N-N-I-T-Y, on Twitter. And you can go to our website, conservativelibrary.com. And, uh, you know, we're all about uh, freedom, the Constitution, and uh, personal liberty. That's right. That's what it should always be about. And I urge everyone to go check out conservativelibrary.com. It's a great resource. And I appreciate you joining the program, Mike. We'll have you on again real soon. Take care. You too. This portion of the program is sponsored by Cat Coolers. So rugged, it changes everything. 
They keep ice cold for up to seven days. Made in the United States, customizable, four different colors, white, black, yellow, even camouflage. Look, if you're going out on the lake doing some fishing, maybe you're going camping with the kids, maybe you're in the Boy Scouts. Maybe you want to take the cooler out on the job site. For those people that work with you, this thing will keep your items cool for hours. A cat cooler will be your new best friend. Keep your food and drink fresher, colder, longer. Go to catcoolers.com. Use the promo code Adrian. Catcoolers.com. Use the promo code Adrian, and you will pick up an amazing Gibraltar-esque, sturdy, rugged cooler that will keep your items cold for hours. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning into the show. Listen to us on Mojo Five O Radio. You can find that on iHeartRadio or go to Mojo50.com every Wednesday, 10 p.m. You can also listen to us on the weekends, Saturday, 5 p.m. Also, get the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Overcast, wherever podcasts are hosted, and be sure to give us a review. Give us a good five-star review that's going to help us go up in the ratings so we're more visible to others. You can also donate to the show. Go to patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show. Give $2 a month or go to anchor.fm and search Adrian Slade. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Gab, MeWe, Parlor, Convo, Snippy. Search Adrian Slade. Follow us on Twitter at Rants Out Loud or at Adrian Slade Show, which is the official show page on Twitter. And you can also read the blog, adriansladeshow.com. You can also get the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel in your streaming store on the Roku streaming channel store. Be sure to download the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.